Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will take you out of this world as we will explore the road ahead for space, tourism, and exploration off the heels of some recent notable milestones in the space. We will also cover how to think about investing in the space and the risks to be mindful of. Uh, Joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Michelle LaLiberty, Thematic Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment office. So, Michelle, welcome back. Thank you for joining us and looking forward to our conversation today. Hey, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Michelle, I know the space tourism exploration industry, it did witness some notable milestones over the course of just a couple of weeks. I think back to last week's Virgin Galactic launch with Richard Branson, uh, yesterday's Blue Origin launch with Jeff Bezos, very exciting developments. And these milestones have clearly paved the way for more progress to come. So, from your vantage point, Michelle, what's next for the industry and innovation in this area? Sure. Thanks, Dan. So there certainly have been uh, a number of headlines lately and a lot of attention on this new age uh, space race, if you will. And you know, it's really an exciting time for those of us uh, who are interested in space, myself included. But uh, I will say it doesn't necessarily change you know, the business model here or the investment thesis. Um, it doesn't tell us too much new. Um, this is what the company, the companies have intended to do. Uh, but these flights do, you know, send the message that they're ready, they can do it, uh, and the founders are, are confident in going themselves. So they really serve the purpose of, you know, awakening the consumer and potentially even investors to the commercial possibilities here. And in terms of what's next, what's going to be an important milestone uh, is actual paying customers going up. Uh, before we get excited here, we need to see paying customers. And we do think that, that space tourism could take a while to be a profitable venture, even with the high cost of tickets. So that high price tag essentially means that there could be limited scale uh, in the early years. When we think about space tourism, though, you know, despite the, the hurdles there, you see this more as a catalyst for the broader space economy, uh, because this increased focus on space can ultimately uh, drive rising consumer interest uh, and potentially investment. So when I say broader space economy, I mean that tourism isn't the only industry here. Uh, for example, satellites have a number of end market uses. Uh, they can be used to monitor things like fishing and, and try to prevent illegal fishing. Uh, they can help us monitor the climate and, and even the food supply. Uh, so there's really a number of use cases there. And then, of course, uh, there are the farther out possibilities, uh, things that sound interesting but are going to take a lot uh, longer to come to fruition if they ever do. So if we think about something like asteroid mining, uh, we could potentially fill the gap for resources here on Earth by sourcing them from asteroids, which do have uh, you know billions of dollars worth of resources. And then you would also avoid emissions from extraction here on Earth. But I do want to be clear that uh, this is not economically viable in the near term. Uh, while there are some companies out there that have started to investigate uh, the materials on asteroids, we have to think about the logistics here and getting all of that equipment to space and getting the materials back down uh, will not be cheap. So while these industries are certainly very exciting, 
uh, as an investor, you do need to be realistic about the economics. Right. To your point, Michelle, it sounds like a lot still needs to play out, even though these headlines over the past couple of weeks have indeed been eye-catching. And you think about the cost, as you pointed out, that's a good segue into my next point in terms of the economics of all of this. Maybe we can break this down a bit further. What, Michelle, do the numbers around these launches and really the overall logistics and development to get to where we were yesterday and last week? What does that look like today? Sure. So the the good news is is the competition uh, and the innovation that we have seen in the space industry has dramatically reduced the cost of rocket launches. Uh, And even if we look outside of space tourism, that's a good thing, right? Because that also reduces the cost of something like launching satellites, for example. And if we think back uh, prior to 2000, uh, launch costs to low Earth orbit could be upwards of $20,000 per kilogram, where today it can be done for less than $3,000 per kilogram. Uh, And rocket reusability has really proven to be a viable strategy. Uh, So this has allowed for more frequent launches and testing, and it also allows for a more viable business model. And then finally, one thing uh, that I'd also add that's been helpful in recent years is government uh, support. The Trump administration uh, created and funded the Space Force, uh, and so far President Biden has also been uh, supportive of that as well. So that helps provide additional economic support for the industry as a whole. So, Michelle, a few moments ago, you talked about the space economy theme. I know the chief investment office did launch the theme. This is going back to 2018. And we have certainly come a long way since that launch with respect to industry progress, as you outlined for us. So what does participation from an investor's standpoint in this investment theme look like today, Michelle? Yeah, it's a good question, and that's uh, what makes the, the space economy a little bit tricky to navigate, uh, is that even though we're seeing all these headlines and what feels like progress, uh, the investment landscape, especially in, in public markets, is still quite limited. So even though you know, we're seeing all this news and attention, uh, the investment thesis hasn't changed too much. And many of the most pure-play companies here are still private, uh, but there are a number of more mature aerospace and defense companies that remain relevant. Uh, there are listed companies with exposure to equipment manufacturing uh, and satellite manufacturing. And I mentioned uh, the relevancy of some of those more mature players because uh, a lot of the aerospace and defense companies might not be uh, in the tourism business exactly, uh, but they are still significant in terms of government procurement for, for defense contracts. Uh, for example, NASA has the, the Artemis program, which is what they're calling their return to the moon mission, uh, and that will include partnerships with a number of companies. And then finally, you know, the private companies that are, are exposed uh, to this industry would be the ones that are more likely to see aggressive growth. But of course, that comes with more investment risk. Uh, and the space industry has had no shortage of failures. Uh, so that's definitely something to be mindful of uh, is, you know, with greater reward, of course, just comes greater risk. So when we think about space, uh, we distress the long-term nature of this industry. So, Michelle, that might serve as a good ending point to really emphasize the risks associated with this investment theme to be mindful of. Can you highlight those for us? Sure, and it's an important question because there's definitely a, a few of them. Number one is risk of failure, uh, and therefore to the investment thesis, the failure rate of these launches is not 0%, right? And all 
it might take is one mishap or, or one accident to scare the consumer away for good. Uh, and a failure at one company could cause a spillover to consumer confidence for the industry as a whole. And um, there are also sustainability risks to consider. Uh, even though there are benefits and, and ways that space technology can help us in the climate fight, um, there is also debate about whether or not the emissions uh, generated in the process are worth it. Uh, and others are, are voicing concerns over the sheer number of satellites that we've launched and the potential for debris. Um, so that's something to be mindful of as well. And then finally, uh, I just note that, you know, I've already mentioned government funding is still uh, important, as I mentioned earlier. So there are some political risks to be mindful of. You know, if in the future the government is not as supportive of, of these industries, um, that could pose an additional headwind. So overall, we really do stress that uh, the space economy is in the infancy stages, and it's going to take time for this to play out and for winners to, to emerge here. Well, Michelle, as we've pointed out, it has indeed been an exciting couple of weeks for this theme, and much seems to lie ahead, so very much looking forward to continuing to track and talk about this story. So thank you very much for your time and insights today, Michelle. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. And again, today we've been joined by Michelle Liberty, Thematic Investment Associate, Americas with the UBS. Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO dash disclaimer. 